Hello, I'm Angus McGog, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world. You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. <laughs> Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So, okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix? Alrighty, addicts. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. I have known today's guest since 2015 when I first saw him perform at the Michigan Renaissance Festival with his band Peaktus. He's also a member of the band Mother Grove, which I also highly recommend. Drunk at McCool's is playing in my head currently. <laughs> Good song. It is. He is also the bard behind Storytime with Angus. So today we have the one, the only, Angus, or Brad. I don't know who he is. I don't think he knows who he is. It just the answer to that head. question is yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show, you. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> human, earthling. Thank you, well, we uh, haven't fellow human, for that joining either. us. We That's have true. confirmed that you're a human. <laughs> this is true. I do have a belly button somewhere. Okay, so Either maybe way, human. thank you for joining us. <laughs> good to be here. I have known of you, at least, since 2015. I know that we have our yearly pictures with you guys in Hollygrove, except for last year and the year that wasn't. Um, and as you already know, my daughter is your biggest fan. Absolute biggest fan. So for our viewers and our listeners who might not be as familiar with Pictus, can you give them the general rundown of what the band does and how you got into Renfair performing? Sure. Pictus is, um, the, the way to describe it is we like to, we're the music of everyone's ancestry, whether you're Scottish or not. Um, the, the drums and the way we put them together, it just, we wanted it to speak to people of all cultures. And um, we started, uh, Pictus was actually, supposed to just be a fun side project. Um, John Holland, our bagpiper, Tallison, um, he's a, a internationally award-winning piper. He has won Piper of the Day. He's won competitions and pipe main competition, pipe majors. He's done it all. Um, and he's a composer too. He writes all of our stuff. So we were actually in uh, Mother Grove was doing a gig in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, the band Tartanic was playing, who are now good friends of ours, and we were just really inspired by what they were doing and thought um, John was lamenting that he was losing his chops, his bagpipe chops, because he'd just been playing rock riffs with Mother Grove. He's like, I'm going to get back into competition because I'm, I'm losing my, my competition status, you know, piping. He was just losing it. And I'm like, well, I've been missing drums. I've been a drummer since I was 17. And it's like, I'd really keep back playing drums. It's like, why don't we just do something like this? You could, you know, you could play all of your traditional piping stuff. I could get back into drumming. And then I looked at Lauren, who my wife, who was standing next to me, I was like, I can teach you how to play drums. She's like, I've never played drums in my life. I was like, but you are an Irish dancer. What you do with your feet, you can do with your hands just mm -hmm. as easily. And so I just taught her some rudimentary stuff. And we got together in my in our little town home in Indianapolis. 
um, much to the delight of the seven children that live next door, who parent <laughs> who we, we thought because we go to our neighbors and be like, look. It's bagpipes and drums. If you want us to stop, we'll stop. But we're just going to play. And if you don't like, and they're like, yeah, that's cool, man, whatever. So then we found out that they were like standing out on their back patio listening to us. And the kids were like, they turned all their video games off and they were dancing around in the house. And so we were like, all right, cool. So, you know, if you're playing music, it doesn't really annoy the neighbors. You must not suck. So um, we got together and just started playing. And, and, and we did, we get, we, the idea was, we were supposed to be Mother Grove's opening act. We were going to book shows, two bands, double dip, same festival. We did one festival like that and was like, nope, too much work. <laughs> and like, we were dying by the end of the night. But that one festival we played, just we just blew up. And somebody begged us to play a Renaissance Festival uh, it is actually Alba Garrison, and I have to give them a shout out because they are instrumental in this. They're a, a Scottish reenactment group from Missouri, uh, Alba Garrison, and they actually the the fair um, couldn't afford to to even get us to the fair, uh, much less pay us. So Alba Garrison made sure that we got paid and got you know got. Our, our our gas and stuff covered while we were out there and got us to their fair um, because they liked us so much. And it was that festival that everything just exploded. Like everything exploded. We still kind of played catch up um, years later. But um, that's it started as a, as a side project that was supposed to be something that John could get his his pipe jollies out i could get my drum jollies out we could have some fun together and it it took off it just so happened that mother grove was starting to wane at that point um certain members had other obligations and uh they just like like it like think like anything that that's together for 20 years it eventually just kind of you know yeah. just kind of slowly happened but, but it was like it was like oh i'm on this canoe and it's got a leak in it and oh, here's this brand new canoe coming the other way. I'm gonna hop into this one. That's basically all it was, and and it was just uh, it was just this transition that happened between being a singer songwriter frontman guitar player to whatever Angus is a drummer bard thing. <laughs> That's yeah. just That's cool. You know, if you if you if you went back ten years ago and said, "Oh, hey, Brad, this is what you're going to be doing musically for a living," I would be like, "You sir, crazy." <laughs> yeah. Here we are. <laughs> so you went from that one festival to now how many are in the circuit that you guys do? Oh, it varies. We do, I think there's six that we've been doing pretty consistently um, from April through October. And now we're starting to even do some stuff in the wintertime. So That's awesome. That's so cool. It I is love very, that, like, no, this is, here's your new path. This is the way you go now. Yeah. I think it's just a byproduct of living your life wide open, you know, mm -hmm. just being open to experiences and open to whatever life throws at you. Just do it. And, and that's what I've done. And, and my wife, thankfully is on the same page and, um, we kind of, 
we live for the we live for the experience and when you live for the experience and you live with your arms wide open and your eyes wide open as if to embrace everything then everything comes to you it's the old it's the old macgyver i don't know if you remember macgyver oh, yeah. he, he always said uh he never liked to have a plan that was that was uh too tight because if your plan is too tight if one thing goes wrong the whole thing falls apart so i've always lived by the macgyver rule just i just don't keep my don't i keep my plans loose yeah. nice so at the beginning of your answer, I had to, I, I started chuckling and it had nothing to do with your response. It has more to do with my squirrel brain. Uh, and <laughs> because you kept saying the word Piper and all I could think of was, so I married an ax murderer and kept waiting for you to yell Piper down. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That, What's that? I, mean, I just get stuck in my head and all of a sudden that's all I was hearing the whole time you were talking. We've got a piper down. <laughs> See, and that's the that's the problem of having of being a Scottish character, is that I try to. I actually had uh, three little old ladies from Glasgow, Scotland, were in the show, and they came up to me afterwards, and they said, "You've been trying to figure out where you're from. You can't <laughs> figure out your accent. Now, a friend you think to from Edinburgh, but it sounds more like a Highland accent. No, wasn't really truly different out from the Isles." They were going on and on trying to figure out what part of Scotland I was from. And I just let them go and go and go and go. And I said, they want to know the truth? And they said, oh, all right. I'm from the highlands of Indianapolis. <laughs> they just <laughs> couldn't believe that. I went. But, but the thing was, and this goes back to what you were saying about the Mike Myers thing. She actually mentioned that. She said the reason that the accent was so convincing is because I was able to do it very conversationally. And mm -hmm. it wasn't just during these broad displays of brogue, you know, this is, and she said, like Mike Myers is, his is very, it's, it's a very caricature Scottish accent where mine's very natural and flowing. And that was the biggest compliment I had ever received about my acting and my Scottish accent was from three little ladies from Glasgow who actually gave me their seal of approval. <laughs> That's nailing that it. Yeah. Yeah. And now and and Outlander has been the absolute best thing for Scotsman because before Jamie Fraser, I was either Shrek or Mike Myers or Fat Bastard. <laughs> I, it was it was one of those three, and and none of none of those are real flattering characters. No. Or, or, or Groundskeeper oh, Willie was another one I used to get. Oh yeah, Jamie Fraser. Jamie is a Jamie Fraser, right? Oh, I and 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 there's there's nothing better than a, a lass that will just walk up to me and like her eyes are like this big, and she's like, "Is that accent real?" And my, my and I just look at her and I give her a wink and I go, "Do you want it to be?" <laughs> <laughs> they just turn and walk away. They can't even do it. Nice. I'm not melting over here. <laughs> can't even. They don't want it to be. And I go, and the other thing I go, oh, then a fast class. I know all the, I know all of Outlanderisms. All oh. the Gaelic. Trust me. Once, them once, all. once you see, once you see how the, how the women react to it, you won't do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to so, lie. <laughs> so in as, preparation as a woman for... currently struggling with Droughtlander, I understand. <laughs> right. Nice. 
So in, in preparation for today, I went and listened to uh, a lot of your music on Apple Music. So if you see a spike in traffic, uh, you're welcome. Um, but thank I you have, for the four cents. I appreciate it. I, I do my I do my utmost to help. Um, but I have a lot of questions about your music and your style of music now, because I'll be honest with you. Uh, up until becoming friends with John and Kathleen a couple years back, I was not familiar with, you know, even though I'm Irish and I know that, you know, there's bagpipes and there's, you know, all this type of stuff. I really didn't listen to a lot of music that contained bagpipes. Um, and so I have questions. Like, how do you personally classify your music? I mean, other than calling it like bagpipe rock, because I know that that's not the the official title of this but i've also never heard bagpipes so sound so freaking cool either because nine times out of ten when i hear bagpipes i want them to stop because you never heard a good piper right it sounds like a bunch of strangulate strangulated cats it's uh, usually a very very slow amazing grace yeah <laughs> and, and, and painful but i was listening to your guys song um twilight of the thunder god and I kept waiting for you guys to go into Thunderstruck by ACDC. And he plays that. He he can play the whole thing. He does. <laughs> Let me tell you him. something. Let me tell you something about John Holland. He is a machine. He can play anything. And when I say anything, it goes in his ear and then just comes out. Like he, he literally could play anything he did. <clears throat> we were, uh, <clears throat> we were working on his, uh, on his bagpipe, uh, drone microphones. And, and so I was like, you just need to play and keep playing. Don't stop until I get you dialed in. And he played Lady Gaga. He played Bob Stewart. He played the Star Wars theme. He played Thunderstruck. And then he played the uh, Speedway gas station jingle. <laughs> that was all awesome. of the shit that was going on in his head. That's awesome. Oh, sorry, shite. Either way. Either way. But yeah, so, it just goes, it just, he's just a, you could, we, we could right now, the three of us could create an instrument that no one has ever played before and give it to John Holland. And in an hour, he'll have it mastered. Like awesome. he's a genius. So like, it's funny you mentioned the Thunderstruck thing because he does do stuff like that randomly. Yeah, I, I was listening to your, you know, like I said, I was just going through your music and I was listening to that while I was looking at other things and I was doing some house cleaning and I just kept letting it roll and play. And like I said, typically any other time in my life, I've heard bagpipes. I'm like, and done. Um, you know, because it's either been horribly played or played in jest. Um, oh, I, true enough. Yeah. You know, uh, and so, so it's not really given uh, any type of attention, I think. But I think it was with your guys' music the first time. I, I, I this is honestly the first time I've honestly gone. That actually sounds really good, and I don't actually mind it because when she told me that her daughter goes to sleep by listening to <laughs> your guys' music, I was like, "Do you hate her? There's that type of what the hell? Is she okay? Like, right, okay? Exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm like, can you put your daughter on camera, please? Blink twice if you're okay." <laughs> <laughs> she was born to that music too. Oh well, well there's the in utero picture where like like her first like her first show. Yeah. 
So, so exactly. what was so funny is after that show, you asked me what she thought of it. I'm like, she fell asleep. She yeah. legitimately went from moving around like crazy to out. <laughs> it's like, like our music, like it soothes the children, but there's a certain, there's like, I'd like to see, like, I'd like to see the curve of, of where like, where puts children to sleep to makes adults angry. There's like, where, where is that? Where, where is that? At what age? Like, where's the cross there? Where it's like sleepy time. I want to pillage. You know, it's funny though, is we're getting, we're, we're hitting the, the three age. And so we are going from bagpipes being relaxing and to, she went to Ren Fair and all of a sudden it's the, whoa. There we, we go. So, here. so now we have some, now we have a little bit of empirical evidence. A little bit. It's starting to get there. So as we've been talking about, yes, she falls asleep to bagpipes and drums. It's crazy. But she's mine. I expect her to be crazy. It's a very common story. Well, that's good. I'm glad to know that she's not that weird. <laughs> right. She's your daughter. She's still weird. Oh, yeah. She's totally still weird. She's adorable, but she's weird. <laughs> well, I mean. It happens. But when we were just in Hollygrove, and we talked about uh, story time with Angus. Oh, you yeah. mentioned a potential remaster of the story time of Angus. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, I put together, I'm really proud of story time with Angus because I, I did it 100% myself in my studio. I did all the effects and all the stuff and I thought it turned out really well. Mm -hmm. But um, after working with our producer who produced uh, Steve Lesko from the band Crossbow. Um, he produced our last three CDs. Uh, he's actually an, uh, um, an audio engineer like like uh, for cinema. So he knows how to do magic, essentially, with yeah. audio. And he's actually, there's actually uh, um, some of his work on our, on Tribe, on the new CD. I won't spoil anything, but... I'm, I'm um, waiting for my pre-order. Yeah, we're there. We're waiting for him to come back. They should be. They should be here at this house in the next few weeks, and then we ship them out. But um, on the new CD, he works some of his audio magic. So, like, if you listen to it, you listen to it on headphones, and there's some cinematic, really cool stuff in there that that he did. But um, it got me to thinking. I was like, "This is what you do, Steve." I was like, "Let's re-record. You know, let's do a proper story album where we actually have, you know, where it actually sounds like you're listening to." Like, you remember the old book and records, you know, that, that you used to listen mm -hmm. to and all the facts oh, yeah. and all the characters and all that stuff. So I'm thinking about doing that um, over the winter. Um, I have a whole bunch of projects that I want to do in the winter. So we'll see which one gets done first. Yeah. But, um, but that was just something that I thought about doing um, and actually pressing CDs and selling them um, on uh, selling them through the through the site. But um yeah, it's just uh, it's one of the other irons that I have in the fire. Yeah. That's so cool. if you end up doing that, are you going to add more Dougal stories? Because everybody loves Dougal. I will. I probably will. I, and, and there was there was a point in time where I was trying to I, I wanted to do all one set where all of the all of the interludes between the songs were all Dougal jokes or Dougal stories. <laughs> And, uh, and I want to create the Dougal character. I want to flesh him out. It's like Brocknar. I want to flesh out Brocknar mm -hmm. character. Like, I have a story called How Brocknar Saved Yule. It's a whole Christmas story. Oh. And and I want to record that and release it at Yule. Um, 
but I, and I have a comic book artist who who wants to make a comic book out of Brocknar. So we're talking about doing that. And and I've got a dice game that I created and I'm gonna market that as a Pictus dice game because I started playing and everybody loves it. Another iron in the fire. You guys are getting a bunch of exclusive stuff here. I will totally buy a Pictus dice game. Yes, please. And it's I will so use much that fun. as another excuse to buy another set of dice, which I don't really need, but I want. Yeah, because <laughs> Dice Girl yeah. needs more. Right. Well, I have to fill my giant... Oh, I have to fill my yeah. giant dice bag. Why not? Right. We're going to have the dice. They're all set. It's five six-sided dice, and um, three of them, one, one will have a bagpipe, one will have a drum, one will have a pair of dance shoes. And so there's five. So it's essentially like the four or five. It's, it, it, I'd have to explain the rules of the game to know why those are on there. But I will totally buy it <laughs> it's basically you, you basically you roll and you have to you have to you have to get the, the band you have to get all three band members and then once you get all three band members um then you score points by rolling for songs so you get the band and then you have songs and then you roll the rest of the dice and those are your points so the band unlocks the songs and then you roll the dice and then that or, you can make your own rules up with it. There's how you can make house rules. You can have it could be a drinking game. It could be a gambling game. It could, you could just make it. It's once the once you get the core concept, you can create it however you want to create it. I'm sensing you a Kickstarter my in your future. Drinking game. Yeah, drink. Yeah, the drinking. We always played as a drinking game because it's absolutely hilarious as a drinking game. But um, but it's fun just to play. Um, but yeah, I'm working with some leather workers to make a leather deck, a leather. A ice bag that folds open into a tray so you can just have the whole thing and carry the laminated instructions with you and anyway i'm getting too detailed that was a, totally fine Sounds great. it's exciting now because right. you're expressing that one more and then as we put the video up you're going to have to make sure that that is one of the irons in your fire that you actually continue with right because... i realize now that i'm saying this on record <laughs> <laughs> I actually... yep. Con congratulations on your next iron in the fire so right, thank you appreciate it <laughs> we are happy to help that's what we do so we will share out a kickstarter if you start a kickstarter exactly you let us, yeah you let us know we'll we'll rock it out there for you um but i also started following you and your wife's instagram page called spirits and shenanigans and frankly anything with the word shenanigans in it i'm probably gonna pay close attention to but uh Honestly, it's a 10 out of 10. I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it seems like a really fun page. And based on what I saw on the Instagram page, I would also say that you guys seem like a fun couple to stop by and have a pint with. Um, but I'm curious where the idea to do this Instagram page came from and what has been your favorite stop so far? I have seven Instagram accounts. Um, it's stupid. I, I, I just, I love it because it's such a succinct platform. It's like, Here's my image. I have to tell you a story. So it has to be compelling. And <clears throat> there's not a lot of crap. There's not a whole bunch of verbiage. You know, the, the comments are, are hidden by default. And <clears throat> I just, I, I like the platform. And of course, it's probably going to change now that I like it. But um, um, I started doing um, Instagram, like non-personal Instagram accounts. I, I started one for our backyard um, I call it the Hootscord, and it's it's evolved into like a gardening blog kind of a thing. It's just is what it is. But spirits and shenanigans ended up um, 
over quarantine, um, Lauren works from home and uh, she was in her office. And of course, all our gigs got canceled. So I had was blessed with the gift of time, which is how I lost all the weight. But um, I wanted to start mixing cocktails. So I said, all right, Lauren, here's what we're gonna do. I'm going to do happy hour. Like, you tell me when you're going to get off work and I'll have a cocktail for you. I wanted to practice making cocktails. So I just like, dove in all the cocktail blogs, all of the cocktail, you know, all, all the YouTube shit, everything. And I just got really into it and bought a whole bunch of liquor and a whole bunch of real specialized crap that I like used like once. But um, started taking pictures of, I was like, oh, we got to take pictures of these. So I started taking pictures and the pictures started coming out really good. And I was like, I should just make an Instagram account for all these cool things. Like people are going to want to, and then I could, and then I could follow other mixologists and then learn even more. So my, the idea was start it, see what, you know, happened. And then Lauren and I like to go to breweries too. So, um, we just started doing breweries and started doing, uh, it was like, Oh, let's put this on spirit because we don't have enough shenanigans on spirits and shenanigans. So we started doing brewery stops on there and then it just became a, this became a thing. All right. So where's been your favorite stop along the way? You say you started going to these breweries and other places. What's been your favorite place? Well, our, our, our local, which is our, 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 uh, the place we go to all the time, our uh, lifetime mug club members is Fenton winery and brewery, um, in, in Fenton, Michigan. Um, we absolutely adore that place. It's the staff is amazing. The owners are, are, really involved in the community and they're just upstanding, you know, pillars of, of the community. Good people, good staff, amazing food and fantastic food and wines too. That's our favorite place. Um, as far as, as far as outside of that, man, there's been so many really cool breweries I've been to. Um, books and brews in Indianapolis is really cool. It's a used bookstore in the front and a brewery in the back Ooh. and they do, they have tabletop games and it's, it's a place for people without a place. It's for all of the, all of the, all of the geeks and musicians and board gamers and, you know, all, all the outliers to society can go and actually have a beer. So they're not relegated to a library or a coffee shop. Now they have this really cool place to go. That's as far as concept and, really comfortable place to go the books and broods is awesome they have, they're in indianapolis and um, they have several locations all over indiana but michigan brews there's so many of them there are a and, lot of michigan brews. um just uh, too many so yeah we um i do like i do like founders and i do like bells of course um sure. i like eagle monk brewery um, it's a smaller brewery and I'm, and I, I'm, I don't remember where any of these places are, um, because I don't drive, to, I don't drive to them and I don't drive home from them. So I don't remember where they are. Uh, Eagle Monk is in Lansing. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, I know, and, I know the name. <clears throat> and we've been to a couple in Lansing cause we volunteered at a cat shelter there. Um, and then we're gonna, after fair, we're going to go back and start doing it again. But we decided, Oh, cool. We can spend a day out of the week and go play with cats and then go to the million breweries that are in Lansing. So that's yeah. the hour drive from our house. And if you want to take an extra 45 minutes from Lansing, there's a small brew pub in Hastings called mm -hmm. Waldorf. I oh, highly I've never heard of that. Waldorf. 
highly, highly recommend Waldorf. Um, they have their like their most known is called Beasting, so it's kind okay. of a honey beer. It's really good. That sounds good. They also do wood fired pizzas, which is like my favorite. Oh, but dude! It was. Yeah, I, do, so, yeah. I grew up in that Hastings. Sounds good. I grew up in Hastings, okay. but then when we got married, we did our rehearsal dinner was Waldorf Pizza. And then nice. we were supposed to get a growler, but they forgot our growler with our rehearsal dinner. So after our wedding, before our reception, we went to Waldorf, full garb, as I'm nice. walking with my big poofy white dress with the, hey, so you forgot my growler. It's like, <laughs> I need this now. Yeah. So we got back to the reception, and my mom comes out of the reception hall, and she's like, where did you go? I'm like, beer. I needed my beer. <laughs> Important stuff. You're getting the supplies. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was also the beer that we drank our entire honeymoon, but it nice. turned into a growler. So, going from beer to what I promise is my weirdest question. Because there are so many things that I know about you that I could ask about, but because Tim and I are both animal lovers, tell that me about your That doesn't sound creepy at all, by the way. Right? <laughs> I just, you've already mentioned that you were, that you volunteered. I know so much owner. about you. <laughs> it's research, Tim. I know things you don't even know about yourself. <laughs> if I put the why little are we, why are we Batman all of a sudden? Sound like a stalker. <laughs> exactly. This is the interview you want. This is the interview you deserve. Exactly. Um, so no. I've had we've Mona and I both had cat both had cats independently oh, like forever. So um when we got together, she had two cats, I had two cats. So we we started out with four cats and and then when her father passed away and we took over the house he had two cats and her mom and sister were like oh well we'll take the other two cats we're like no this is their home they're you know they were 16, 15 at the time they were old cats you know this is their home they're going to stay here with their with where they're comfortable it's six cats in the house. And then um, soon after her dad passed, Libby passed because I think she, I think she was hanging on for him. And then she passed away. And then we just had, you know, we've just had cats in and out. We had her cats that she's had forever. And then I had my cat Pavlov and my cat Lebowski, and um, they passed away. And then. Shoot, we just we just had cats in and out. I know we got Loki now who just showed up in the backyard one day and decided he lived here. So <laughs> that's so kind of up fun to, though with cats yeah. when they're just like, no, you're my yeah, now. <laughs> right. Well, right. And and the thing is, is, he showed up and he's perfectly clean and you know well groomed. Um, he had all of his claws, but he was neutered, and he just was super friendly. And we and we were like, you can't. He tried to get in the house. We're like, no, you can't. We don't know you. We don't know where you've been. We don't know what you have. We have, you know, four cats here, five cats at a time. And um, he just kept coming around, and he would be like, um, are you sure there's not a job opening? Because I'm pretty sure there's a job opening, and I'd like to apply for it. Please. You're like, no, dude. We are full up. Everybody's happy, healthy. Just stay outside. We'll feed you. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a job opening. You might want to consider me for the position. Dude, no, we're full up. We're not hiring right now for cats. Two weeks later, tank up and dies. Any failure. Just died. And oh. so he's like, so yeah, about that job opening? I was like, <laughs> you, sir, are the harbinger of doom. 
get in this house. So, <laughs> I, um, I you know. <laughs> right. So he was supposed to be an indoor outdoor cat, and then we we would let him out and we would let him out to play during the day, and then he'd come in at night. And then one night he didn't come in, and we're like, oh crap! And the next night we opened the door, and he came flying in the house just and and he was limping real bad and i was like oh shit something happened to him going to that he had he got a hip injury and the, the vet said the, that's the worst of it the worst of it is this cat ran for his life he has no claws he ran his claws to the nub they were bloody oh. nubs so uh -huh. he had gotten either either a, a, an owl or a coyote or something chased him outside and up probably up a tree because he's a climber but I guess you don't want to go outside anymore. <laughs> no. But, you know, on, on the upside, the chipmunk population is exploding. So he was, uh, man, talk about talk about upsetting a delicate ecosystem, man. <laughs> he was an apex predator. So we currently have two indoor cats and an outdoor cat. The outdoor cat is my mother-in-law's. Her name is Tirza. She's ooh, 15 or 16. She's starting to show wow. her age. She's starting to show her age. But gorgeous until in the middle of the night when you go to let the dog out and you think there's a raccoon on the porch and it's just the cat. Right. So crap out of me. Right. And then we have our two indoor cats that are mine and John's. So we have a solid black cat named Nymeria because she thinks she's a dire wolf. She's ferocious. Mm -hmm. And then we have my cat, who's an idiot. But I love him. But he's a tuxedo. His name is Ernest Fitzgerald. And he's frequently Perfectly. just Ernie. Perfect name. Well, because all of his siblings are polydactyls, and so I named him after. Oh, cool. I named him after Ernest Hemingway. He is the only one on sure. order who is not a polydactyl. No. He I just saw has those really big feet. That's that's funny. I saw all the polydactyl cats when I was in Key West. There's all over the place down there. I love them. I love Hang them. Out. Tim polydactyl. has a polydactyl. Yeah, I have a polydactyl. His name we call him Seven uh, because he has seven toes. <laughs> So. That's funny. We had and then seven, Gator, who I adore. Yeah, seven toes and eight claws per per front paws. So he's got That's like crazy. Random, this re really weird random claw like in the webbing between the. So technically, it's supposed to be like an eighth toe, but the toe bean didn't form; just the claw kind of came out. Huh. Um, and, That's for crocheting. Uh, yeah, apparently. But he speaking of the apex predators. Speaking of apex predators, that's what he is. I, I have never seen a cat hunt as well as this cat does. Um, we used to have a, you know, we live out in the country, so every once in a while we get a, in the fall and winter, we we get the random uh, rodent visitor. Uh, not anymore. That doesn't happen. Um, the he patrol. He's an indoor outdoor cat. He patrols our house. Matter of fact, our neighbor from across the street came over and asked us if we would keep a better eye on him so he would stop feeding at the bird feeder, if you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, come on, it's right there. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hey, you set up the golden corral for him. This is not our fault. Right. Uh, exactly. I have seen tears of jump and grab a bird out of the air from the bird feeder. We had uh, right before um, the, the end of times uh, last year, we had some, one of our friends was, was pregnant and they were having a little baby shower at our house. My wife was, uh, her and a couple girlfriends, you know, and all that kind of thing, just a small group because they knew what was coming and they wanted to make sure it was safe for everybody. So they had this little small socially distanced baby shower and her friend already has two little girls. 
Seven decided that he was going to give them a gift and bring the dead bird that he would killed and dropped it in the middle of the, of the deck, right in the middle of everybody, in front of the two little girls as the bird is squawking for its life. <laughs> and, like, and the oldest is like, is he killing the bird? I'm like, no, he's just playing aggressively. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, it was dead. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's seven though. He's our hunter. Then we have Vader, who's all black, very fat, has a white box on his chest. He's a bit of a butthead, so we call him Vader. So, nice. But he's an adorable right. butthead. Yeah, he has chosen me as his human, so when I walk in the door, he meow barks at me until I come pay attention to him. Yeah, I have one like that too. I call him my familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be Ernie for me. He hears my bedroom door open in the middle of the night and he follows or he'll run down the hallway to me and then figure eight between my feet as I'm trying to walk down the hallway. It's like, seriously, dude, I yeah, might fall Vader, and die. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. That's what Vader does. He tries to uh, dodge between my feet. And I'm like, first off, you're too fat for this. Um, secondly, stop. You're, Cause he, yeah, he's going to get me one of these days. I just know it. Ernie so, tries to like sit in my pants while I'm on the toilet. Oh he is, yeah. There is no personal space with this cat. He's currently somewhere in my room. I have no idea where he is, but I know he's in here. Yeah, understood. <laughs> All right. So, Brad, being of Irish descent, we talked about this a little bit already, but I respect the kilt. I am a, uh, I've always kind of wanted one. In fact, while I was listening to your music and helping you gain that four cents from Apple, um, I may have done some kilt shopping because I think it would be awesome to have one. And I keep looking at them and trying to convince myself to buy one. Yeah. Also, because Kathleen's husband John has a couple, and I see them, you know, wearing them, and I'm like, I'm, and I've been kind of jealous of them for some time. So I have a two-part question here for you. Number one, where do you get your kilts? And number two, what are the typical questions or statements that people toss your way whilst wearing the kilt? I get my kilts from all over the place. I have a couple of kilts from Scotland. Um, and uh, a couple of kilts from Got Kilt, Aaron Frankenmuth. Um, the kilts that I like to wear, that I like to wear on stage and typically just anywhere because they're comfortable, are called sport kilts. And they're washable, they hang really well, they're, they've opened Velcro, um, really easy to get on and off. Um, they look great, you can upgrade them. Um, I just had to, I just ordered a second one because after the weight loss, I had to order another kilt, but I've worn them. The one that I had was the very first kilt that I bought for Pictus. So, and I've had it ever since. And it's never faded after all the washes. Oh, nice. That, that sport kilts are really nice. They're made for, they're made for people who just want to wear a kilt and not have to go through all the bolts. They still look good. They don't look cheap. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of sport kilts. Um, if you can't get like a, you know, cause a lot of times you don't want to wear the, those, those like full kilts, full wool kilts from Scotland or from or forever are really heavy. Like they're, they're weight. They're, they're, I mean, they weigh a lot and when I'm jumping around on stage. I can't be in a big, heavy wool kilt like that. Sure. So the sport kilts are really nice. Um, as far as, of course, the most common thing people ask is, what are you wearing under your kilt? Well, there's a myriad of responses that you can have for that, depending on your audience. 
Um, the the someone says, well, "What do you wear under your kilt?" Um, the 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 G-rated answer is my boots or dad joke answer. Um, I like wear my boots under my kilt because you know um and if we move into the more uh body section um sometimes if it's uh like if it's a lass that's asking me i'll say on a good day lipstick (laughs) and uh until that got me in trouble once so I don't do that anymore. Um, don't say that one anymore. Um, if it's a if it's a gentleman, I'll I'll uh, I'll either say uh, your ma's lipstick or your wife's lipstick or whatever. Um, what are some of the other ones we used to say? I forget. There's a there's a bunch of them, and I forget what we used to say. A lot a lot of times I'll get. Um, especially it doesn't happen at Ren Fair, but it happens at like Irish Fest and Scottish Fest where like okay. everybody is tanked all the time. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get like women asked to look under my kilt or grab my kilt. And I, and, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So fair is fair. If you get to go, if you get to do that, then I get to do something. You get to pick what it is, you know? And I'm like, you don't like that. And I'm like, see, you don't like it just because I'm a guy doesn't mean right. that there's any different standards at play here, but they don't like it when I flip it back around to them. Like, because I'm know? wearing a kilt doesn't mean I consent. Right. Exactly. And it's like, you're wearing a skirt. I mean, there, what, what, I mean, what's the, what, what's the difference? It's like, you know, it, that goes back to the, how you're dressed, you're asking for it. no, that you know, I, I see a guy with a football jersey. I don't run and tackle him. Sorry, he was clearly asking for it. Look how he was dressed. <laughs> he clearly wanted that, to play football. <laughs> that all depends on what team he's wearing. Ah, true enough. <laughs> 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 or what number? Because if it's a quarterback, then I get penalized for sacking the quarterback. There you <laughs> or go. For, for roughing the quarterback. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I people are actually pretty respectful. I mean, the only time it, it really gets, you know. Is is when there's alcohol involved, and that's you know. Well, that's just lowered inhibitions at that point. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, okay. Cool. Um, All right. So we have touched on a lot of different topics. I know there are a lot of things we've talked about. So, what do you do to help rejuvenate your creative side? What do you do in your free time, if and when you actually have any free time? I, I do have uh, actually a lot of free time, um, especially like once Big Deuce is sailing, um, you know, kind of goes on autopilot because I kind of do everything every day. In the wintertime, I work on the website and you know, there's, there's always sense for I'm basically running a business mm-hmm. and a band. Um, so, but I do have some free time and I do like to, uh, my wife just bought me a um, uh, turntable. I'm really into vinyl, so I've been listening to a lot of vinyl. And uh, um, I honestly, I get more inspired by being outside. Like I'll go outside and just go for a walk, or just go sit outside with a notebook or whatever, and just write and get ideas, and 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 then I'll get a spark. Yeah, it's, it's, I actually find myself getting inspired by like my, 
artist friends and my musician friends, like because they're like attainable. They're like I can call them and say, "How did you do this?" Or yeah. you know, and 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 then there's just this really cool thing of like having so many friends who are so talented, and that I find I find myself getting getting inspired by the people that are closest to me rather than the entertainment world at large. Um, because they're attainable and they're personal. I can, the, the inspiration seems very, seems very, uh, human and personal when I, when I do that. So, you know, it's just, like I said earlier, you know, what Adolphus Bush said, you surround yourself with beautiful things and you'll make beautiful things. And, and it's the same way with friends, you know, you have friends who make beautiful things and they inspire you to make beautiful things. So, so yeah, I'm just really blessed and really, really lucky to have so many awesome people in my life to inspire me personally. So nice. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So I'm sure you're of the right age. You'll remember this. Um, George Thorogood once sung a song that talked about one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. So in your professional opinion. I'd like for you to give, as parting advice, professional recommendations for a bourbon, a scotch, and a beer. Sweet. I'm not, I just recently got into bourbons, but I do like Basil Hayden as a bourbon. Um, I'm going to sip a bourbon. It's going to be um, Basil Hayden. I like Jack Daniel's single barrel. Um, if I'm making an old fashioned or if I'm mixing a drink, I like old granddad. I know it sounds weird, but it's a really solid bourbon that has a very neutral profile that works really well in bourbon drinks. Um, All right. My beer, man, I like a lot of different beers. Oh, wait, scotch. Let's go to scotch because. Because scotch. Because scotch. Um, man. I've had so I've had so many different kinds of scotches. Every age, every region. I really like the Isla malts. I really like the the malts from the Isles, um, Highland Park, and uh, Lagavulin. But Ooh, nice. if I had to name my favorite scotch, that just always gives me the feels, no matter as soon as I pop the cork, is is Laphroaig. There's mm -hmm. something about Lefroy, and then um, um, someone gave us. Uh, we performed for their wedding years ago, and they gave us as a gift Lefroy Triple Wood, and um, yes. that's become yes, the please. official Scotch of Pictus. Oh, yes, please. Is yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, and so like if like anytime we get a bottle of Lefroy Triple Wood, it's the band's Scotch. Uh, I got a, I got a, <clears throat> I recently got a bottle from my best friend in Indianapolis uh, for my 50th birthday this couple weeks ago, a bottle of Highland Park that um, was the, one of the only Highland, one of the only whiskeys that was actually aged and created for a United States market. They only made like 280 some odd bottles of this. So it was, it's a, it's rare and, and, it it's beautiful, beautiful whiskey. It, it you can taste the sea air in it from being in Isla, and 
and it's just earthy and salty and, and just it's beautiful. So that's I've been drinking that and sharing that with my friends. Um, my beer, it, it all depends on the season. If okay. I'm like right like right now, I'm really into shorts locals light. It's a light, robust right, light beer. I, in the summertime, I like pilsners and lagers and ales. Uh, um, I really like Kolsch's. So, um, so my favorite summer, like that's that's so it's, it's all it's usually seasonal for me. And then, but I also really like stouts and porter. Um, a a perfectly poured pint of Guinness in Ireland might have been my perfect beer. I when I was in Ireland, um, was at the Gravity Bar and was hanging out and um. They do the thing where they'll like teach you how to pour a pint. Mm-hmm. So I did the whole pint thing. Yeah. I'm behind the bar with the bartenders. You're shooting the shit. There was maybe five people in the bar at the time. And we were just hanging out. And we we're just pouring them and setting them aside, pouring them and setting them aside. He's like, all right, try again. Try it this way. And I'd try it for him, set it aside. Next thing you know, the elevator doors open and it was a whole tour group that was coming in that they weren't expecting. And he looked at me. He's like, can you help me pull pints? And I was like, and right, I can help pull pints. So like all these tourists thinking that I'm like a bartender and I'm pouring them pints. And a lot of them aren't even taking their pints. They don't even want them. So they get a free pint. So they'll put the thing down and pour the pint. And then they're like, you want this? Do you want that? No. So then we just set them aside. That tour group goes away. So now I'm sitting in the Gravity Bar in St. James Gate in Dublin at the Guinness factory with nothing but bartenders. And I like, what do you guys do with all these pints he looked at me he's like what do we do with them we just start drinking pints i'm like i am never going to get this fresh so i probably had six pints like of the freshest guinness in the world mm-hmm. and, and then my tour group had already left the bus was gone they had already left and i was like i'll catch up with you so i walked back to my hotel from wherever i was in dublin all the way back so yeah, that was probably my favorite beer. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. My mom and my brother went to Ireland in 2013. And that was the first thing Fred said, too, was the Guinness tastes so much different over there. It's so much better it's, there. It doesn't travel well. I'm like, it does not. Nope. And it doesn't get made the same. We get, we get Guinness here and we're like, oh, it's Guinness. It's good. No, it's nothing compared yeah. to a, a good, a, a good pint of Guinness at an Irish pub that knows how to maintain their nitrous system and keep their lines clean. You can mm-hmm. get a really, really, really good pint of Guinness. But um, it's the same with Budweiser. I don't drink Budweiser. I don't drink Budweiser in Michigan. But you know where I will drink Budweiser? Downtown St. Louis. It's a completely different beer. All that beer comes right from the brewery and goes right straight to those restaurants, and it's fresh. And Budweiser, fresh and cold is a completely different beer. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I, I would have never thought I'd be saying that, but... Because it's Budweiser. Yeah. Because yeah. it's Budweiser. It but I'm not at all even remotely jealous about your trip to Ireland. At all. <laughs> <laughs> it was like '04, so like... I, I It could have been 1974. I'd still be jealous. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you. It was pretty cool. <laughs> See, and I, I totally agree that that favorite beers are seasonal. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't drink a dark beer in the... I mean, I'll totally drink a dark beer in the summer, but that's not what you go for in the summer. In the summer, you go for a shandy. You go for a lighter 
like the yeah. the some refreshing like, yeah like the summer so, shandy is delicious mm-hmm. it's great I, it's a lemonade beer I beer moses man beer, beer moses are the way you ever done mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. half beer half orange juice Ooh, you put a little peach schnapps in there that wouldn't kill you I have never tried that. And now, and now, like, and and now I'm to. going to. Yeah. Oh yeah, just and the and the and the shittier the beer, the better. <laughs> we used to make a drink called Skip and Go Naked, uh, which was the crappiest vodka you could find mixed with the crappiest beer you could find, and mm. you put lemonade in it and you stir it Whoa. all up. And it was called that because after about three glasses, that's really what you wanted to go do was just you know skip and go naked because you didn't give a crap about anything I, else i could see that yeah so you get like those you know like the big you know like uh uh like the the, the little league baseball teams they have those little drink pitchers you know where you can take the cup up and you get your drink oh out yeah yeah you take one of those you pour in a fifth of the crappiest you know cheapest vodka you can find like heaven hill okay uh pour that in get uh your you know your your bush light your natty light whatever take a six pack of that pour that in Take a, a can of uh, two cans of frozen lemonade, mix those in, stir it all up, and then throw in ice and just you know, fill it up. That sounds horrendous. It it's, sounds like a frat party. <laughs> it sounds like you're not going to work tomorrow. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like delicious, delicious vomit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it can't like, be. Oh, goodness. Well, on that note. <laughs> Oh, I want to tell you one more thing. Sweet, going back to music. Um, uh, I'm finally going to record a solo CD here, probably in November or December. Um, I've got notebooks and notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full of songs that uh, that I don't have anything to do with. And um, I met uh, an amazingly talented musician and uh, recording artist in Kentucky who happens to love my music. And wants to help me record, so we're going to get together and finally record. So we'll see them trying to do for twenty years. Awesome! Nice. That'll be on Brad's. I, I I'll have a I have a there's bradsbrower.com um, right now is uh, where it'll where it'll be. So and I'll probably throw it up on Angus as well, and maybe pick two's just because of the reach. That won't be for a few months. I've got uh, I have another Renfair act that I'm working on right now. Uh, okay. So, Pictus is fine, though. I'm always intrigued by more Renfair acts. Yeah, I. We'll talk about it off the record, but yeah, definitely for sure. (laughs) All right. So, I think that's actually all that we have. That's all of our questions. But do you want to give us the rest of your links so that our viewers can find you and everything that you've done, which is a ridiculous amount of stuff. <laughs> Certainly. Um, Pick Deuce can be found at uh, pickdeucemusic.com. Uh, Mother Grove is at uh, mothergrove.com. And um, Angus, Storytelling with Angus, is on Bandcamp. So if you go to the Bandcamp website and just search for Angus, which is O-E-N-G-U-S, it'll come up right at the top, Storytime with Angus. Or you could Google Storytime with Angus and it'll pop up there too. But um, that's just download only. And what else? Uh, oh, I have my, uh, I have uh, Angus.net, um, O-E-N-G-U-S.net, that, that's going to, that, that you can get my storytelling stuff from there, or Angus is storytelling stuff from there as well. And I think that's it. There's are you Brad's still doing, so. 
are you still doing bard for hire through angus i haven't really started that yet um okay. i I'm, i haven't really sh wasn't really sure where i was going to go with that i was going to do something like that for the winter time i haven't really honed it uh and now uh i'm, I'm not sure if i'm going to because of this other rent fair project so cool. but we'll see like i said you never know what's going to happen we'll see how many hats you can wear at the same time yeah why not yeah, this one right here this is one of my favorite ones well, Pat, since we're talking hats i just have Ooh. Uh, you like that? That is Look a good place. So you know the story with this hat is I used to wear it on stage with Mother Grove and people started giving me things to put in the hat. And so it's just full of people's and people giving me things for the hat. So it's full That's of cool. all my travels. Uh, That's cool. It's like my travel. My has so many stories to it. Awesome. Memories. That's cool, yeah. man. You said hat, and there was one right there. You did. I'm, that's totally great. Johnny on the spot, man. <laughs> all right, so I am going to make sure that we link all of your places. There's Thank so you. Yeah, you know, talking about it, I didn't even realize it. It's just I just do this stuff, and then when I actually have to say it out loud, it's like I do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I don't even realize it until I have to list it. I, I appreciate you guys, listening. though. Yeah, I got tired of just listening to listing them all out i was like oh where do you find the time i got exhausted well i look yeah. good on paper so there's that there's that <laughs> subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests here like brad or angus depending on which direction you want to take this and great conversations that go all over the place for you to listen to please subscribe it's going to help more than we can ever really tell you and be sure to check out all those many plethora of locations that you can find out more information about Brad and Angus on. Uh, there's a ton of stuff out there for you guys to be able to enjoy the content that he's creating. Now, remember, kids, pop culture, it's all around you. It's influencing your each and every step. Be sure to come back next week because we'll have your next fix waiting right here for you. Thanks again, Brad. Thank it's you, been a guys. Ton of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at PCA Pod Show. You can also email us at PCA Pod Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at pcapodshow at gmail.com.